This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders, and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well. That we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So thank you for listening. You're season two. To commemorate the NBA getting its schedule out now, we wanted to bring on Joey Burton. Coach Burton is an NBA player development coach. We talked to him today about his life journey, having a servant's heart, and how to fight for culture every day. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, how you doing, Mike? I'm doing really well, man. I really do appreciate you taking the time and making the time to be on. I know you got a busy schedule going from here to there and everywhere and then working with the with your clients and, and the guys that you really uh, care about and, and, and care enough to travel and spend time with them and help them work out and develop their skills. And so, uh, man, here again, just appreciate you. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm really excited to uh, talk and uh, just be able to share. Coach, let's start off real quick the way I always do, man. Uh, I just want to know how guys are introduced to the game because it really I hear different stories and sometimes it's like well I've, I was born into it I you know I saw it on TV one time and mm-hmm. so what what was your path how were you introduced to the game of basketball yeah I uh I was kind of like born into it I guess I my dad didn't play uh you know any you know any at a high level or anything I just uh always remembered that uh I had a ball in my hands. Um, my dad worked with inner city youth, and uh, so a lot of times he would use sports as a vehicle to be able to build relationships and uh, impact uh, those younger uh, kids or teenagers. And so uh, I was just always around the ball. And a uh, funny little story, I lived with my grandmother there later in life, and uh, she was down in Phoenix uh, with her uh, her husband, my grandfather, and they were going up to New Mexico to visit her other daughter. And um, and uh, she was in, they were taking my two older brothers, and I really wanted to go. And I went up to their uh, van, and I had a, a basketball, I called it, in my right arm, and uh, two Chuck Taylor uh, uh, Converse in my other hand. And said, uh, I got my back ball and back ball shoes. I'm ready to go. But uh, I, I was a little too young to go on the trip. So uh, I was devastated. But uh, she she told me that story uh, later in life because she saw that I was um, really starting to move towards uh, the passion of basketball. And I might have been, um, I might have been a, a, a little different than some people. I knew I wanted to coach. Uh, uh, when I was as early as a teenager, I saw the impact that my father had yeah. on uh, youth and um, high school uh, kids through uh, coaching. He wasn't, uh, I wasn't an official coach. It was just more, he was trying to help uh, kids stay off the street and yeah. um, give, give them something to do. So he volunteered his time. But I saw the impact that he had um, and on me and uh, on my friends. And a lot of my friends uh, came from broken homes. Uh, they, 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 they didn't have much. So, uh, you know, seeing the impact that he had on them as well, just, uh, gave me this, uh, desire to, I want to coach. I want to, I want to help others, um, that, you know, are, are in need of help and do it through, uh, sports. So, uh, as I continue to get older, 
uh, my passion for basketball just became more intense, and uh, I really uh, finally felt that was my calling and started coaching. That's great, Coach. You're saying a lot of things that I can identify with. Uh, that was kind of the same path I took as a 15-year-old kid, uh, wanting to coach four- and five-year-olds, which is kind of unbelievable for a 15-year-old kid mm-hmm. to want to do that. But I saw, my, yeah. I saw my dad take the time when I was playing Pop Warner football or you know, whatever the case was, he stepped in and he loved kids. And so I taught him when he said, I want to do basketball for your little brother, four and five year old group. I said, all right, cool. Uh, I'll teach you the game. And my dad, I told him, just teach me how to work with people because I'm not that good yeah. at it yet. And so we, yeah. we made a great combination. And then at some point, yeah, that my passion just grew. And having, since I was 15 years old, I'm, I'm 40 now, uh, 15 years old. Since then, I've had a team of some sort, whether it's a school ball wow. or AU ball. I've had a team ever since. And I just uh, I tell you what, Coach, that that type of uh, mentoring, all right, I think that's really what we got. We got this mentoring that yeah. led us to our passion, that led us to our yeah. calling, and it's definitely going to lead us to our destiny. And I'm just, yeah. you know, just putting that out there, man. I just, that's, you, yeah. you really, no. uh, you really brought something back to my. Uh, my recall when I when I thought yeah. about all that. So that's good stuff, Coach. Really good stuff. No, that's great. That's so, great. So, Coach, what was your experience like as a player? Uh, I wasn't that good uh, as far <laughs> as physical tools. I, I just wasn't the fastest. Um, you know, I uh, I loved to play, and um, always growing up, uh, you know, uh, there probably was AU, um, but I didn't know about it. Um, so. Uh, you know, me and my boys would just play in our uh, in my backyard. We'd go to the local park, uh, and just as we grew older, around Phoenix, there was some. You know, you would uh, uh, outdoor basketball back then was really really popular because yeah. of the weather. So you just go and play, you know you knew where what park there was going to be some ballers at, and you just went out and played. So we would do that all summer long, and we'd have to wait till like eight o'clock at night because it'd be so hot during the day. <laughs> but um, I you know I uh, then I you know I played in high school and I uh, went on and uh, I, I didn't play immediately out of, out of uh, high school. Uh, I was only five uh, uh, ten when I graduated high school, and I grew four inches my first year in college. Wow! And um, you know, I, I like to say my playing experience was great because I loved to play. Um, unfortunately, the coaching experience that I had from the coaches that was poor. And as I was going through it, I said, "Man, I, I want to get in this position because I don't want to be treated." Or I want somebody else to be treated like I've been treated in the sense of, um, um, you know, guys were able to, you know, be, you know, late and still be able to play. Guys not, yeah. you know, just mispractices, you know, just bad culture things we would say today. And so um, I, I didn't give up playing basketball, but I gave up on the, the coaching. And also, uh, also I was a runner as well. So. Uh, I always liked the fact that, well, I didn't have to deal with politics and running. It was pretty simple. Yeah. You run faster than the next guy yeah. and you win the clock. You know, like we say, the eye in the sky, the video don't lie. Well, in, in running or any individual sport that's time, the clock doesn't lie. So you can't try as a, a co- uh, you know, coach can't really say, well, I think this player is better, runner is better than this runner because, uh, you know, I like him a little more. I just think he gives us a better chance at winning. No, it's the time, right? So yeah. uh, uh, I, I kind of lost faith in coaches, man. And um, so I uh, kept playing, but I grew. And um, I got bigger, I got stronger, and uh, I kept playing. And I'll play some pickleball with, uh, over the summer. I moved to Chicago with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
played some pickup ball with some college players, and I was I was holding my own, and um, I, know, and I was just trying to figure life out, and uh, eventually, um, my mom uh, mentioned how I was done with basically junior college, and um, I was trying to find find a way to get through school without paying too much debt. So, uh, but I had this urge to try and play basketball. And my mom just mentioned to me, she said, well, you know, there's that, uh, you know, a small Christian school in Chicago, uh, and she attended, she's like, you know, Moody Bible Institute. And, uh, I know they have a basketball team. I don't think it's like, uh, like they're going to be recruiting a lot of players. So maybe you should reach out and check in on that. And I was like, well, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a missionary. I don't, you know, I don't want to do, do that stuff. And, uh, I, I think I'm called the coach and she said, well, there's like a sports and recreation, um, uh, uh, um, major there, I believe. Uh, you should check into it. And I'll go, oh, well, that sounds like something I'm interested in. Then I get to play basketball. And so I reached out to the coach, and uh, I, um, at at 21, I, I, I went to Moody Bible Institute, and uh, I started playing basketball. I played uh, three years there, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a great playing experience. Um, once again, I, I, you know, the coach was a great man, but I, I didn't know how, from what I know now, just I don't, you know, it, was, it wasn't great coaching experience as well. Yeah. But uh, but I didn't care. I was just like, man, I'm playing college basketball. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm you know I'm having fun. Um, I'm, I'm building a bond with brothers, and so uh, and heck, I met my wife there. So it must have been the right. Wow. It was yeah, must, it must have been the right decision, you know. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, I didn't. I was you know I, I you know I think sometimes you might have the best experience with something. But, uh, you know, when you truly love something, you know, the experiences that you uh, uh, encounter on your journey, on your path, doesn't, uh, you know, uh, really clinch that love that you have. You know, if it's a genuine love. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there are coaches out there, and and I deal with players like this, that, you know, are uh, giving players bad experiences that does clinch their love and, uh, and, you know, and that's not the player oh, you never really loved it, but you know, it can, it can happen. But thankfully for me, it never did. You know, you talk about quenching the love of a sport or something, but through bad coaching, uh, I think you wound their spirit too. You wound mm-hmm. their soul. I hate to get too deep about it, but that's just, that, yeah. that's how serious I'm about coaching kids. Yeah. And young people yeah. like, nah, man, I'm not going to hurt your soul. I'm not going to hurt your spirit. If you, yeah. if you need to get better and you're not good, well, then that's my job to step in and help yeah. you with that. Exactly. And, uh, so I like, it's like bringing justice to the process, man. Where, yeah. where, where you yeah. see, where you see bad stuff happening, you can bring justice to that. Yeah. And, uh, man, yeah. that's a great story, man. I mean, shoot, bro, you got to meet your wife there, man. That's you want, yeah. you want, hey, <laughs> you want hey, she's still putting up with me today, so I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's better than any championship, man, for real. <laughs> yeah, good yeah. stuff, man. Good stuff. So, what what influenced you? Who influenced you to go into the skill development space? You know, after college. Yeah, I uh, well, I, I was at college. Um, just a, kind of a long story, but uh, how I got here. But I, uh, I wanted to coach, so I went to my college coach and said, "What do I got to do to become a college coach?" Um, thankfully, uh, I was blessed um, at our school. It was in downtown Chicago. So uh, during my time there, uh, we had the pre-draft NBA pre-draft camps. Uh, they were there, so uh, I was able to uh, do some work there and uh, be able to meet you know higher-level coaches. Um, I was NBA teams would come in practice. Uh, one of the most uh, memorable practices I, I saw was um, when 
Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash were both on Dallas, wow. and they just went to their separate baskets. And they had their routine, and then Steve Nash is doing all these you know crazy finishes that he did in the game, and I was blown away. I'm like, this guy actually works on this stuff. This is incredible. <laughs> uh, Dirk was working on his post game, working on those fades that he would hit, and uh, he just you know wasn't missing. I mean, he wasn't even hitting the rim, and so I, I was able to be opened. Um, my eyes were open to uh, uh, area of basketball or a level of basketball that I never encountered. Uh, even when I was growing up, um, I, you know, I watched uh, Arizona, University of Arizona, Arizona State, um, but I, I never went to the games. Um, I, you know, uh, my dad wasn't a financial, my parents were in a financial position to do that. And so uh, as I uh, started to see, uh, see uh, you know, more and more high-level coaching, more high-level players come around the school, I asked the coach, you know, hey, how can I get into um, coaching? And he said, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta start working basketball camps. So, uh, my wife, uh, who was my girlfriend at the time, was in the bathroom at our school, and there was a older lady in, that was in the bathroom as well. And she started talking to her, and she had a southern accent. My wife's from Atlanta, and uh, it turned out to be the head coach at Mississippi State, uh, uh, the women's coach. Wow. She invited uh, she invited us to the game the next day. They were playing Illinois in the United Center, and uh, then. She asked my wife the following day uh, uh, if we would come to breakfast and if uh, she would do the devotional uh, for their uh, Sunday morning devotional for the team. Nice. So we went down there, and then after that, I asked her. We went had breakfast uh, after that, and I asked her, like, "How do you? How, how can I get into college basketball coaching?" So she said the same thing: "Got to work camps." Well, I need internships this summer. Could I, could I come down and work for you? And she said, you know what, I'm, you know, maybe I could work something out and stay in touch and, uh, you know, contact me at the end of the season. And uh, that's what happened. I went down to uh, Starkville, Mississippi, and uh, going into my uh, senior year, at, uh, my last year at Moody Bible Institute, I did an internship at Mississippi State, just running their camps, helping out with the camps, doing the camps. And so that gave me a little bit of a, a, you know, a resume builder. Yeah. Then um, my last year I uh, playing, I just was really focused on trying to network and trying to get into um, you know basketball camps. I went home for uh, Christmas break. I uh, was able to contact some of the University of Arizona coaches when they had Lou Olson coaching, and went down there and watched through their practices, and uh, you know talked to the director of basketball operations and asked him if I could. Um, if I could uh, work the camps, and you know, he, he was very uh, outgoing. So, yeah, you know, we like that you uh, are still a player, and, and you're coming down here trying to learn about the game. This is something that you know we want. So he said he gave me my information, and all right, he gave me his information, and uh, contacted him at the end of the season. I didn't hear anything. You know, a month goes by, now we're into May, still haven't heard anything. Finally, got back to me and said, uh, "Sorry, we have all of our staff returning. Uh, there's no." There's no uh, opportunity uh, to work the camps this summer. We'll keep you on file if anything changes. You know that. You know when they do that, nothing ever changes, right? Yeah, yeah very <laughs> so true. I uh, uh, well, this was one of my biggest uh, turning points in my life that I continue to go back today as you know remembrance. I was frustrated. I was down. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to uh, get into camps that summer because there was camps that were starting as uh, early as like the first week of June. And so I was just really down and out, and I just didn't know, like, oh, man, what coaching's going to be for me. Um, and this college coaching team might not work out. And uh, I had a good friend who uh, was running track at UCLA, and his best friend at UCLA was the head manager for the men's team. Yeah. And so 
he's like, hey, I just told him about my day. Like, I was like, man, I had a rough day today. And he's like, well, hold on, let me talk to my boy. He's the manager of the, uh, the men's team. So, uh, you know, lo and behold, uh, it eventually worked out that I was able to work at uh, UCLA. And my wow. friends paid to stay, stay out with me this whole summer. And I told the uh, guy who I'm uh, friends with now, the uh, uh, director of administration for men's basketball. And, uh, I, you know, I told him, I, I want to stay the whole summer. He's like, oh, well, slow your roll, man. Let's just start with one camp. I've never met you. I don't really know who you are. We'll start with one camp, and then we'll, uh, we'll build up from there. And so I got out to L.A. like five days before the start of the camp. I reached out to him. I said, hey, listen, I did this on Mississippi State last time. I want to do it here. I just want to be around the office. I'll, I'll, I'll file any papers. I'll put together packets. I'll fold T-shirts, whatever you need, separating uh-huh. stuff. I'll do whatever. And he said, well, you know, you're not getting paid for this. I was like, oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm out here. I'm ready to work. And so I started doing that. And then he uh, asked me, say, hey, do you mind working the first camp, working with the five to seven-year-olds in the day camp? I was like, I'll do whatever you need. So I worked with the five to seven-year-olds. And then uh, there, was a, there was a break between that camp and the next camp for about maybe 10 or 12 days. And I, uh, I went home to visit my parents in Phoenix because I was already out in L.A. And I, you know, my mom said, well, you know, what, sent me, showed me this email. I said, well, you know, there's this great John Wooden story about Bill Wall and it was how he told him to cut his hair and whatnot. And she said, wouldn't it be cool if you met uh, John Wooden? I was like, Mom, I'm, there's no way I'm going to meet John Wooden. I mean, this guy's a celebrity. He probably doesn't even come around UCLA anymore. There's no way. She said, well, you never know. You never know. You know, God brought you out there for a reason. Yeah. I was like, all right. So uh, I get back, and uh, we have this overnight camp, and I'm, I'm kind of in the back, uh, man in the back door of the dorm so nobody could sneak out <laughs> and uh doug erickson is his name he comes up to me and says hey joey i just want to thank you you've been such a, a huge help and uh, you know i love your work ethic and uh at the end of this camp i got to go out uh, to john wooden's house and uh visit with him a little bit would you would you want to go whoa. and i i was like is that whoa <laughs> and uh, we joke we joke to this day because he said man i think you had no expression i was like i couldn't get anything out and i merely literally had my cell phone call my mom and I said mom listen I, I, it's gonna happen <laughs> and so uh, if you would have told me a long time ago that I would get uh, I would get to meet John Wooden uh, um, or if I would get rejected by Arizona and get the chance to meet John Wooden I would have taken that opportunity to meet John Wooden a hundred times out of a hundred and yeah. it turned out to be I kept going back out there and I, I was able to sit with him at his home for three different times and wow. so uh, my passion was yeah, so I share that to get that story out to, uh, you know, tell others that, man, you might be at a, uh, a crossroad or things might not be going good. And um, your no uh, doesn't mean it's over. It just means it could be a delay for something better, right? And so then I uh, was still trying to I coach high school basketball. I went back to start coaching high school basketball in Chicago area. And then I uh, – I got an opportunity. I was just volunteering, wasn't making any money. I got an opportunity uh, to go back down to Mississippi State and work with their women's team as a director of basketball operations. Nice. Uh, I was I was there for five years, and um, you know, I, it taught me a lot. Um, it, it helped me grow as a coach. Uh, the resources that were there were were tremendous. Um, but it just uh, it just wasn't really my passion uh, to work with women, and um, I uh, respected their game. They, they, you know, these girls would work hard. You know, they were committed. But it was still my passion to you know help young men. Um, that was something I always want. Saw my dad do, and that's what I wanted to do. 
And so um, uh, after my fifth year there, last year I was promoted to an assistant uh, uh, job, and then um, um, the coach retired. And wow. so I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't want to get back into women's basketball. Um, I probably could have, uh, but uh, I just said, you know what, this is a time that I'm going to put uh, my faith in God and uh, let you direct me. And yeah. God, I just said, I, I don't know what it's going to look like. So um, I literally was one of my <clears throat> toughest times because I was just in this period of waiting. You know, I didn't know I was trying to apply for any job, trying to get any lead. Yeah. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get anything. And um, finally in September of 2012, uh, a man by the name of Ed Schilling was doing skill development up in Indianapolis and he developed a really, uh, you know, good academy. Uh, and, and he had some great experience. He uh, coached with uh, John Calipari at UMass uh, yeah. and, uh, for one year and then goes with them to uh, uh, the Nets. And then he gets a head job at Wright State in Dayton, Ohio. I think he's there five, six, seven years, goes back with John Calipari down in Memphis. And it just felt like he needed to come back to home, which was Indiana. And he just started helping others, uh, helping youth, and uh, spend more time with his family. So he developed a great a great system, and uh, he he invited me up to Indiana. He's like, listen, I know I I know that how it is. I've been fired before. I you know I know you're in this waiting period, and it's hard. It's hard to get your mind off of it. But why you just come up here, help me with some workouts, and you know uh, you know we can talk, and you know just see, see how I can help you. And so I went up there, and he offered me a job, and. Uh, I he you know he was coaching a high school team out there as well. They they had some really good players and uh, they had one of the top players in the country. And so uh, when I was out there for a week, I mean, I met I met more college coaches in a week there than I did at Mississippi State in five years. More men's coaches, and so I thought, this this guy is connected. Uh, you know, he's calling, he's talking with Calipari. So I was like, this is this is this is a place I got to be. Unfortunately, I had. Uh, uh, an offer of fifteen hundred dollars on the table, and uh, rent was seven fifty. So uh, I had to ask my wife, and you know, we were both just in a uh, really, uh, you know, you know, really soft. I guess every uh, hard. We had soft hearts. We were humbled. We were just really wanting to seek the direction um, that God wanted us to take, and yeah. so we, uh, so uh, you know, we talked to our parents uh, uh, and. Uh, our, you know, we call them our spiritual mentors, and no one said no. They said, you know, go for it. See how what God does. And so wow. we moved up to Indianapolis, and uh, we um, had a, uh, well, we had, we were able to get a two bedroom condo. Uh, old lady um, that uh, the people that we stayed with initially, um, uh, who are dear friends of us now, uh, we're, we're helping this old lady who had an extra condo, and she was looking to rent it out. And we were able to get it for seven fifty, and uh, he was like, "Hey, we're gonna try and you know, we're just gonna try and figure this out." And it was hard, yeah. But uh, it was it was a step that was needed in faith, and I thought that it was gonna lead me to uh, a college job. I was still all in. I'm gonna coach college basketball. I'm gonna coach college basketball. And then uh, seven months later, uh, Ed Schilling gets a call from his good friend Steve Alford, and Steve Alford said, "Hey, I'm taking the UCLA job. I want you to come with me. I want you to do all the skill development, and um, you can work with your pros out there and all." So that was a week before we were about to start working with uh, pros that were coming in for the pre-draft process. Yeah, and um, that's sort of a big reason why I came up there too. And um, when he left. He, uh, uh, those pros didn't come essentially. And yeah. so I was devastated. 
And then things started to go. I didn't know the profession well enough. And in this profession, it's not about your your company name or your location necessarily. It's about you. And people come to work out with the trainer, not because it's a, a brand, right? Yeah, and yeah. so um, I was devastated. Um, as I saw, like, the numbers weren't the same as I thought they were going to be. Um, a lot of people stopped coming because they really just didn't know who I was. And um, for about two years there, from 2000, uh, the spring of 2013 to about the, the spring of 2015, I was really, uh, really in a dark place. Man, I was mad at God. I was um, mad at myself yeah. uh, for putting my family in this position. Um, you know, I could hardly even get a high school player to work with me. Um, I was only wow. working with, you know, youth players. And so... Uh, that's how I got into skill development. Essentially, it was just uh, it was a path I was set on to coach college, and through some detours, um, I got into skill development and uh, started to love it. Wow, that bro, that's uh, I you know I'm going to say this to be completely honest with you. I needed to hear that. There's a lot of things going on, and your story uh, really kind of hit hit home in a sense because I've experienced those things, and uh, they're not. Man, they're not for the faint of heart, put it that way. Yeah. And they're definitely yeah. not for the weak in spirit and the weak in, in mind. Yeah. And, uh, man, that's that's an amazing story, man. You should write a book. Oh, I'm going to figure out a way to get you a book. <laughs> yeah, get, get that. Yeah, I mean, it's been an encouragement. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I tell other you know people in my profession that are doing training like this, and it's going to be hard. I mean, I... I remember I didn't rent was due um, on a Monday, and I had a, uh, I had only uh, two workouts, and I was like, "Damn, oh, it's not going to bring in rent." Yeah. And uh, and I remember the guy after I got done working out, I was just uh, you know the worst feeling going home and telling your wife you don't have enough money for rent, and you know trying to figure it out. Uh, yeah. So I uh, work out this uh, you know my second workout, and I'm uh, you know guy, the dad comes up and says, "Hey." Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's some. You know, I, I share that to 
hopefully um, impact somebody else uh, yeah, that might sure. be listening to this po- podcast uh, that, that might need to hear that. And I think that, I think that's exactly what's going to happen because you didn't go through it for nothing. Um, I, always, yeah. I always tell people that the things I've been through in life, I didn't go through them for nothing. I did them. I went through them. I should say that those processes to yeah. help people to be able to help and, 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 you know, enlighten people uh, about, Hey, look, if I went through it, you're probably going to have to go through it. And if not, you know, for you're fortunate. Uh, but, yeah. if, but if yeah. you do, there's a way out and, and, there is. and lesser men than me have succeeded and greater men than me have failed. Uh, but, yeah. but you'll get through it. And I think that's kind of the, the gist of it, man. And that's exactly great stuff, exactly. Man, real good stuff. So coach, I want to ask you a little bit about leadership because it means a lot to me. Uh, you know, and I think it means a lot to players. It means a lot to the families. Like you talked about you know, the kids you worked with and the people that you still work with. I mean, everybody needs to be led in a sense, whether they know it or not. And uh, not that we're all, you know, kind of lemmings and we kind of go all follow whoever, but you mm-hmm. know, when, when you're, when you're training and you're working with players, uh, what specific type of leadership principles do you apply to that? Yeah. Um, my biggest one is just uh, making sh- sure I serve the player and, uh, you know, having a servant's heart and, just, you know, yeah. thinking about like being a servant to them. Um, in, in this profession, I always say I, I don't have any power over the player. Um, like the coach does, I don't determine their playing time. Um, I don't determine if they're on the team or off the team. And so I have to be able to motivate them. I have to be able to get them to do what is best for them without any of those uh, um, adopted, uh, you know, position of power, I guess you could say. And so uh, the best way to do that, I feel, and um, and, and it's worked for me is just serving them and showing them that I love them and showing that I care for them. And I know that's a big... uh, you know, that's, you know every, everybody says that today, yeah. but just really trying to be available for them. Um, you know, and I, uh, you know, I started doing this, and uh, like I said, I couldn't even get high school kids to work with me, and uh, I just said, okay, you know, once I changed my disposition and I got out of that dark, dark time, mm-hmm. I just said, okay, you know, whoever's in my gym, they're gonna be, they're gonna be have my full attention. Yeah. They're 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 gonna they're gonna get better. I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna figure out ways to get them better. I changed some of my philosophies that I was uh, doing with uh, the guy that I moved up with Ed Shelling, you know, and changed some of my philosophies with that. Started studying film more uh, for player development, not for schematic development or to act as nose. And so I started just saying, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this player better. Whoever's in my gym, whether they're 10 years old, whether they're 12 years old, boy, girl. I'm just going to start getting them better and I'm going to start really uh, uh, making sure that they get better and see where it takes me. And so through, through those times of uh, working with them, showing them how much I, I cared and um, how passionate I was uh, teaching um, the game, you know, through all those different um, uh, methods, um, you know, I, I said, I'm serving them. This is how I'm going to serve them. And I'm going to give them the best workout they, they can possibly get. Um, not, not, not meaning that I was just destroying them and making them tired, but they're going to, they're going to have the best teaching that they've experienced. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it led to me getting, uh, high school players and higher level players. And, you know, and it's, uh, this mindset of whoever's in my gym, 
is the most important player in the gym, and I'm going to treat them like I would treat now that I get to work with NBA players. I'm going to treat them the same exact way. And um, it really has uh, been, uh, I think, a difference maker for me um, in regards to uh, being able to impact uh, or have the greatest impact. Yeah, no, man, impacts everything, in my opinion, when it comes to working with people, period. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, my dad always told me, wherever you go, make a difference. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do, make a difference. Like, you don't have to be the star of the show. You don't have to be the butt of everybody's joke. And you can come in and just make a difference. And I think that's uh, what you're talking about is like, man, whoever walks through these doors is going to get something good. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah. they're going to leave, they're going to leave better than what they came in uh, mentally, exactly. spiritually, emotionally, all that. That's, that's really good stuff, man. So you talk about that culture and it's huge to have that kind of culture because you, as you said earlier, players come to you for who you are, not your brand. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so culture within that, there's got to be a culture set. So how how, yeah. you, how important is that culture and then building trust with players within that space? Oh, for sure. I mean, I uh, even though I don't have a team, I, uh, I I use this phrase. I have a culture in my gym, right? The gym that I use, there's a culture in there, and, and um, I have to maintain that culture. And uh, I don't work with just anybody. Um, I I I, uh, I mean, I've been traveling with NBA players here uh, heavily this this year, and I've I've gotten home from a trip with an NBA player, and later in the day or even the next day, I'm in the gym with a 12 year old uh, because I just love helping players get better. So, but I don't just work with any player. Um, I got to protect my culture. So, if there's a player that comes in and, and they're not they're not engaged, they're not working hard, you know, and they're not giving their best effort, and I address it, and I don't just change down. I'm not just going to do it in one workout. Yeah. But, uh, you know, over time, if they're not getting shaped by the culture that I've developed for my gym, then um, I, uh, and I feel like I'm doing everything I can. And it's uh, and it's like, hey, you know what? I'm not the guy for you, you know. Yeah. And and it even goes with higher level players. Like, I want to work with good guys, and I want to I want to help shape you into a better person. And um, I think the culture of my gym could do that. But you know, I also have kids, and I you know I want to be able to talk to my kids about you know who I'm helping and who I'm I'm, I'm working with, and um, how can I uh, you know how can I do that if I have a culture in my gym that just is, you know, allows guys to just be, um, you know, not working hard, not, not, uh, not doing what they need to do or, you know, uh, coming in really late and not being a professional. So, uh, just like a coach has to have the culture. Um, I know I, when I talk to college, high school coaches about a kid, I, I, I tell them, listen, I, I understand the culture. I understand what you guys, you have to fight for it every day because that's what I have to do in my, uh, my sphere. I just can't let anybody in because I protect the culture of, of my gym. So I don't have a team, but I, I like to say I have the culture in the gym and I want to protect that every day and I have to fight for it. Yeah, no, man, it's a sense, it's a presence that kind yeah. of, uh, you can just, I like walk, that presence. Yeah, yeah, you can walk into a room or a gym, I should say, and bring it with you because you, uh, you, there's an expectation now. It's not like, uh, let's see what, let's see what happens. Well, yeah, we're going to get after it, but let's see what happens. No, it's like, we know what's going to happen. You know what this is. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, exactly. you, know, you know, LeBron walks into a room. People don't go, well, we'll see what he does. Like, nah, man, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, exactly. here, comes, here comes this presence. And, uh, yeah. so I think that's something, you know, everybody listening, coaches, whoever is listening, you can, you can live your life 
walking in a room and a gym and an office and understand, you know, where I'm at is where I belong. First of all, second of all, my presence is here and things are going to get good. And that, that that kind of idea and that culture, you bring it with you, uh, just sets a tone, man. That's, that's, that's really good stuff. And so, Yeah. yeah. So with that coach, you know, you talked about helping players, you know, in, in their personal lives, not just you're not trying to just prepare them for yeah. the next game or, or whatever, uh, the, the the draft or whatever. It's like yeah. it's it's so much more than that. And it's uh, you said serv- servanthood, you know, servanthood goes a long way in life and caring about people and showing people that you do care. Uh, yeah. So do you feel like you prepare players for like life outside of basketball and then and then even like their careers after their careers in? Yeah, no, I, I definitely, um, I definitely try and uh, do that. I have conversations with, um, you know, college players and saying, "Hey, listen, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you know, really take, you know, school serious. You know, really start thinking about what, what is something you like to do, you know, outside of, um, outside of basketball, because you know now you're getting in college, you. If you're lucky, you got 10 years probably left the plane, you know, if you're lucky. And a lot of times it's not even that much. And so just talking to them about, um, you know, about, you know, you know, finding a passion, I think it also is good that, uh, you know, players um, are able to, uh, uh, you know, find their, uh, find more, find value outside of basketball. Um, so many players uh, find their value, uh, as you said earlier, that their identity comes from what they do or, or their basketball. So if, Hey, you know, if things are going well with basketball, then I, I'm good. You know, I know, they, you know they, they feel real good, but when things don't go so well, um, you know, they can get in these really, you know, uh, low places. And so, um, I, I've said, Hey, if you, you know, find out some things you, that you love to do and, um, start doing them. And it doesn't mean you do them five hours a day, 10 hours a day, but if you find something that you love to do, um, one of my clients was to, to, to garden. And so he started in the summer just having a little garden in his backyard, you know, uh, one of my NBA clients. And it's therapeutic for him, you know. And uh, yeah, he, he's been reading more and more about gardens. And my wife has a garden, so now we're talking about that. And, you know, things like <laughs> that, cool. being able to, you know, talk to him about, you know, things in, um, you know, other than basketball. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, even with, like, when I first got into coaching, there wasn't really, you know, Twitter wasn't around, Facebook wasn't around, and so um, Instagram sure wasn't around. So there was no, um, I, I feel like there's, um, there's so consumed with everything, like, you, you, you know, if you play basketball, you're going to be on social media, and there's all this information, all these videos, and it's all about basketball, basketball. And it's hard for you to be able to, you know, get your mind off of it and think that there's there's more to life than basketball. Now, yeah. I'm not one to say that uh, you shouldn't be fully 100% committed to your craft, but you should also be able to find uh, different, you know, things that you 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 enjoy to do that yeah. you have uh, passions for because basketball is not always going to be there. True, very true, Coach. I, I really appreciate you saying that because. Uh, the long game, man. You got to play the long game. Yeah. You got to remember yeah. uh, how life is really unfolding before you. And uh, it's not always about what you think it is. 
think that's yeah. And I've had to have some real conversations with some guys. It's like, listen, you're trying to go play overseas, and you're only going to make twelve, fifteen thousand dollars in the year, or you know, for it's a short for it's a short season. My only, you know, it's like not every player that plays overseas is making hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, or let alone even a million. And so it's like, listen, like is it. Is, is it more important to start building for your future or to just play basketball and you're barely making it, yeah. you know? And so, you know, and, and I don't tell them they need to stop playing basketball, but I want them to start thinking that, Hey, you know, there, there's, there's something different. I mean, I had to, I had to kind of take that, uh, before I got the job at Mississippi state, I was about to get married. And I, uh, uh, I remember my dad telling me, like, hey, you know, you got you, you to provide for your wife now. So, uh, Coach Hannah brought you no money, and you better you better figure out what you're going to do. And uh, I'm not telling you not coach, but, you know, you have to provide. And so, you know, he always was on me about, like, hey, you know, basketball is your passion, your calling, but, you you, you know, you can't always um, turn, you know, if it's not making any money at the time or it's not, you know, providing enough for you to live, sometimes uh, it can become a hobby, right? So uh, he was always just uh, keeping me aware of, like, what's bigger than basketball is life, you know? There's yeah. more to life than basketball. For sure, man. I mean, that's uh, that's something that kids are, I mean, I'd say young people, when they get into mm-hmm. being really good at the sport or really good at anything, uh, they kind of lose that focus because that becomes, you know, ball is life or, or yeah. whatever, right? And we, I think pros, they really know that, that that even though they have to dedicate themselves to their craft and, uh, you know, whatnot, but they see other guys go through uh, injuries and then they figure out, oh, yeah. man, that's, that's, it isn't life. Like, life is like a real thing. <laughs> it's a real process. Exactly. And so, yeah, yeah that's, that's good stuff, Coach, really good stuff. Uh, Coach, how important is feedback from your players, the players you work with? How important is feedback from them in the process? Oh, it's it's uh, huge. Uh, it's a uh, it's uh, um, you know I always talk to them about man. It's a pi- uh, partnership. We're in this together. Uh, you know we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna keep working. Uh, we might not see the results right away, but uh, you know we're we're always gonna uh, talk. We're always gonna you know have a dialogue um, about where you're at and and in the development process. And, uh, I, you know, that's, that's been really good for me to be able to, you know, um, talk with them. Um, it's just, I've, I've learned so much, especially this year. So I guess it's more, um, maybe, maybe my, um, maybe my, um, um, heart is tilted a little different way. I guess you could say to being able to receive it more, but, I've learned so much more this year than I have ever from the players I work with strictly through having a dialogue or, Hey, let's watch, you know, we're going to watch film today. Um, and then asking questions rather than me telling them this is what you should have done. You could have done this. You could have done that. And I'm just asking simple questions like, Hey, what were you thinking there? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, that was, you know, that, I think this was great. Is could you, could you tell me some things, you know, that you were, you was going through your mind or uh, why did you do this? And, Asking more questions has really helped me grow this year. And I, I've learned so much little details about uh, skill development simply because um, I sat back and I actually asked questions and I listened to the player, you know. And so um, that, that's important. And um, I want to continue to get better at that, um, is asking questions uh, to hear them uh, come back 
uh, and see what they have to say, and then uh, you know processing that, processing that into how we continue to make them better. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's you, you said early on a partnership, and it's like uh, you. This is a co-mission. This is not just your mission; it's yeah. ours. When you're in the gym with me, it's our mission, and uh, yeah. that's really that's really good, man. It's kind of a, a great approach to the to the process of helping people get better at anything, honestly. Yeah. So uh, yeah. how about nutrition? What what kind of uh, premium do you put on nutrition and as far as a healthy body and all that? Uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a very important um, aspect to uh, what they do. And it's just, uh, uh, it's just really, uh, uh, from at the higher level, it's just amazing what they're doing. And every player that I've um, worked with that's in the NBA has told me, I wish I took my nutrition and health as serious as I do now yeah. when I was in high school. And those habits in high school really set the tone for what's going to probably be your habits in, um, in, uh, I mean, when you're 22, 23 years old as a player. Yeah. And um, teams uh, in the NBA, they are investing so much time, resources, money, personnel into finding ways to make players' body more efficient, more effective through nutrition and uh, and making sure that they're they're doing those things. Now, yeah. they can't make them do what they do. They can't make them do anything when they're gone. But like I said, uh, every NBA player I've worked with said, I wish I took it as serious as I do now as when I was back then. Now, they have the money, the resources to do some things that uh, a regular high school uh, uh, player might not have. And I, and I get that. But, uh, well, no, I'm not saying a high school player should go in and just be like clean eating every single day because I'm an athlete. But like, being a little bit more conscious of like, you know what, is that, is that, uh, is that a hamburger before the game? Is that the best thing? Or should maybe I go get, you know, some protein and some carbs, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, maybe a turkey sandwich or, you know, when I get home is, is drinking, um, all this, like, you know, like you know, the thing I try and get kids and is like Gatorade. They think that Gatorade is just like a health drink and it's yeah, just nah. filled with tons of sugar. Right. So like, yeah. hey, it's good when you're going to have something like, you know, while you're sweating and, and, uh, you know, you're, you're in the middle of activity, but at 10 o'clock at night, if you're pounding down two Gatorades, it's not good, you yeah. know, and, uh, trying to limit that sugar. So, um, are you going to ever be able to have a, a diet that an NBA player has? Probably not in high school, all right? But you can just start making some simple changes. And there's um, maybe unlike when we were growing up, man, like there's these fast food joints are more health conscious than they've ever been, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, sure. You know, it's like you weren't getting a salad at McDonald's back in uh, 95 <laughs> nah. for a pregame meal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you was getting a 39-cent cheeseburger or yeah, whatever, yeah. so... Yeah. So I think it, it's more, it, even though they can't maybe do it like that, it's more uh, convenient. But yeah, I've had every player uh, uh, that played, that worked with that played in the NBA uh, about their diet that I wish I would have been doing this in high school. So yeah. uh, if there's any high school players or high school coaches that are listening out there, uh, it's something that, you know, challenge your players to do. And, you know, give them just some resources. There's plenty of resources out there that you can give them options. And that's what a lot of times um, teams do uh, in the NBA. They, 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 they share resources with these players so a player can know, hey, this is uh, this is what I'm, you know, eating. I have a, 
a great sports performance uh, coach that partners with me to do all my uh, athletes. And he, uh, uh, his name is Mike Robertson. And he, uh, you know, he'll even tell some of the guys, hey, listen, take, if, if you're not sure, take the picture, you know, uh, of, of, of uh, you know, what you're being served. Or, uh, you know, take a picture of the menu and, and let me, you know, see what I could uh, and text it to me, you know. So maybe high school coaches, if you want to try to help your guys, you know, be a little bit of an accountable, accountability partner with them. And say, hey, listen, uh, you know, I, I want to see some text what you guys are eating this week, you know. So things like that uh, uh, are small steps, but they can make a big difference. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about it now. I mean, like you talked about back in the day, how we were doing things and. You know, now we look at our lives, we're like, man, I need to eat cleaner. I need to eat, you know. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you can build a habit to make just the right choices because life's all about decisions, right? So, like, yeah. we can make the right choices uh, that follows us. That habit will follow you. And, um, yeah, exposing kids to stuff, too. That's a that's a big thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's really good stuff, Coach. Uh, now, I want to ask you about you, Coach, as far as sacrifice because, um, you know, we all sacrifice – something to be where we're at and to do what we do what have you sacrificed i mean and you talked about it man so i mean i really know i'm asking the question but kind of in Uh, (laughs) you know yeah no there's there's um i obviously i sacrificed my comfort um i sacrificed uh you know i I sacrificed you know unfortunately i sacrificed i had to sacrifice some family stuff um one of the things uh my wife um when i was in mississippi state we had her first kid and she uh she i told her you know if you want to work if that's what you want to do i support you if you don't want to work i 100 percent support you either way and if you don't want to work you'll never have to work a day in your life as long as we have kids at home and um and so because uh, I think, you know, uh, a full-time uh, or a stay-at-home mom is a, is a full-time job yeah, with overtime hours every, every week, right? So, yeah. um, so I, uh, so, you know, we, we sacrificed the ability to maybe experience a vacation or we sacrificed um, going out to eat. You know, there was times that we would never uh, go weeks without eating out because we were trying to stay on such a strict budget in order to be able to um, continue to, to have my wife be able to stay at home. So, uh, you know, we sacrificed those things. Um, I, I'm trying to build this up. Uh, I would get, you know, as I got, you know, you know with higher level players, um, I was still trying to get more, still just trying to get my name out there with others. You know, there was, there was times I would get a text at 9 o'clock at night, hey, coach, should you come by the gym and uh, we'd get some extra shots up tonight. You know, I mean, sometimes it was even lighter than that, and just telling my wife, "Hey, I, you know, this this is going to pay off in the long run." Which is, you know, I know, um, I don't necessarily think this is ideal, but um, you know, I got to do it. So, you know, I, I sacrificed, you know, um, some family time. I'm still, uh, I'm not at home right now. I'm in San Antonio uh, working with NBA clients, so I, I've had to sacrifice some of those times. But, uh, but um, they also. Uh, uh, make the times when we were around together just more. It's allowed me to really focus more and become more uh, family centered, uh, even more. And so, um, and then, and then, just had to, you know, a lot of times, just you know, sacrifice, um, you know, uh, where my, my ego in the sense of man, guys, I started getting in the coaching profession. They're coaching D one, and I'm still over here working with the twelve year old, and, and I'm not, you know, working with D one athletes and. So, you know, that, that I had to get over that, you know, I had to sacrifice my ego and say, this isn't about, 
about it's about the players, it's about you know helping people. This is where I'm at. Um, I don't feel like to be anywhere else. So um, I'd have to say I sacrificed my ego, and and I still to this day I, I just um, don't let money make the make me go. You know, uh, it's it's helped me uh, in this profession to be able to cut cut ties uh, with with clients um, because uh, money doesn't make me go. So uh, I guess you could say I sacrificed, uh, sacrificed financially. And when, when I say that, I want it to be like, man, you can't uh, allow um, or a basketball to your coach or something. Um, you really can't prosper from it or you shouldn't look to prosper. And I'm not saying that, but, you know, you have to almost sacrifice this desire for um, stability. Like, oh, I got to have this stability. I got to have this, you know, bigger check or I got to get to this bigger home. I got to get to this bigger car. And, you know, sacrificing that that mindset to say, you know what, I'm going to do uh, what I'm called to do. And, uh, I, you know, I'm going to charge a great, uh, a great amount. I'm going to charge an amount that I'm worth. But not getting caught up in the, you know, oh, I got to find stability. I got to find yeah. stability. Yeah, no, man, you got to, you know, anything you do, do it for the right reasons and do it, like you said, because you were called to do it. I've always found, like, the most safe place to be is where I was called. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the safest space to be in in my life is, like, where I know I'm supposed to be. If I try to do something I'm not supposed to be doing, that's that's dangerous territory and yeah, yeah, monetarily things could fall through, and I think that's uh, it's a lesson for all of us in a sense. So, Coach, uh, you know, you talk about time with your family and work and all that. How do you balance that? Yeah, I, uh, um, I, I have a little bit of a unique situation because I do uh, most of my workouts during the school year uh, right after school, so it makes it tough sometimes to uh, get to kids' activities. Um, so I. Uh, you know, uh, I try and plan around that and, you know, be able to make the activity um, unless I just absolutely can't. Yeah. Uh, and then I travel a lot. So I, I find unique ways. Like, I, uh, before I left here, I just say, you know, we got up early. Um, we got four kids. So got yeah. up a little extra early before school, and we went out to breakfast and just uh, enjoyed a great morning breakfast that 6.30 in the morning and then headed to school, dropped them off and, uh, you know, doing, doing just different things, uh, trying to, uh, uh, I've had to do some trips, um, with that were within driving distance and hey, just bringing the family along, you know? So I've had to get a little bit, uh, uh, creative, but, uh, I also, you know, um, you know, I, I, another thing that might help again, I got challenged to do this. I was reading, uh, reading something and it was about, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times when our kids, uh, they don't they don't say like we would an adult. Hey, rough day, can we talk? Or you know, they, they don't know how to call. They don't, they don't even have a phone. Or actually, can't call their friend or call call somebody that they they want to talk with about a bad day. And uh, a lot of times, and this is me pretty hard. It's that uh, most of the time uh, they communicate that through the question, "Can you play with me, Daddy?" And yeah. uh, I was I was taken back, and so I, wow. I started a like a little daily log and saying how many times am I telling them uh, yes, yeah. uh, I'll play with you, or wait, wait, I'll do it later, or uh, not now, not now, or no, you know. And so uh, this kind of challenged me here uh, in the last uh, few days, and uh, just you know being more uh, aware of my response to that because that actual response could be them saying, I've had a rough day, or 
um, I, I'm feeling a little bit insecure right now. I need, I need, I need the security of my dad or something like that. And, and um, I'm not saying that's exactly how they're feeling, but um, I it just made me open my eyes. So uh, I'm gonna start, you know, I'm, I'm gonna start trying to uh, track some of those days and, and see how I do. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, so we'll see how, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, because you, you know, if you're like me, man, I put a lot of emphasis on family, and you know, you you got three girls and a little, and one boy. I got, yep. I got four girls and, oh, wow. uh, and so like my, my mindset is always about for the girls, at least, you know, girl, dad, that hashtag out there right now, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I've just, you know, like, man, if I'm not there for them, what if one day they're like, well, my dad wasn't there that one week. So he's never been there for me. Or, you know what I mean? And, and you, yeah. and you want to make sure that that, uh, you know, that, and at least you understood the, the field of play. Uh, you may not always yeah. get it right, but at least you're understanding where you could be, you know, dropping the ball or, or whatever. And yeah. At least you under have an understanding. So, yeah, I completely hear yeah. you, brother. Okay, I hear you so loud and clear, man. So, you know, about this, you know, this journey you've been on and, and kind of the the craziness of it and the wonderfulness of it and the bliss of it sometimes, uh, what have you learned about yourself? Um, I've learned that uh you know i've learned that and uh one of the things i guess i've learned really is uh you know i, I had these you know five-year plan 10-year plan and um I've, I've gone away from that um i just uh stay focused on the present um not uh, not that i don't think about you know the future but uh i'm more um focused on my my or my habits or my is my daily um, approach uh, to what I'm doing is that building for a better next year and a better two or three years from now. And mm-hmm. instead of saying like, Hey, in five years, I want to be the head coach at this place or I, I would love to be a head coach. Or I'd love to be at this. Um, it's just about taking a day to day approach, um, knowing that, and, you know, having these habits, you know, you know, that will build up. And um, as I look back at, you know, when I first started this journey, um, if you would have, I, I, I was here in San Antonio uh, in the middle of uh, uh, January, and it was my first time back in San Antonio. The very first time I was in San Antonio was in 2010 uh, at the Women's Final Four. Yeah. And uh, he would have told me then, say, hey, you're going to be coming back in 2020 in January, and um, you're going to be working with the player that plays for the NBA or that plays in the NBA and plays for the Spurs. And uh, he's going to fly you down here and he's going to pay for you to come and uh, work with him. I would have laughed at you. I was like, no, hey, I'm, not, I'm not interested in that. I'm By that time, I'm going to be probably a Division One head coach. So, no. Yeah. The next time I'm coming to San Antonio is I might be coaching in the Final Four or right. something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I never would have imagined that. But as I look back, uh, and, um, like I said, I was in, I was in a dark place. I was discouraged, frustrated. And as I, you know, turned my, uh, um, turned my, uh, heart, you know, back to, you know, focusing on God and, and, and the things that, uh, that really truly, uh, were my foundation. Um, I started building those daily habits and started to work on, you know, what, what's in front of me. And I believe that was a turning point because when I was working with 12 year olds and I really focused a lot on shooting because offensively, that's what the game is about, uh, yeah. uh in, in, in today's game, especially with analytics. 
And so I focused <laughs> on shooting mechanics. And some people asked, like, man, how, how, how have you been able to really help players get better? And I thought, well, at shooting, I said, well, you know what? Um, that 21-year-old that's playing in, in, at a Division One level or that 21-year-old that's playing in the NBA, um, they're, they're shooting it probably the same way as that 12-year-old was shooting or you know, that 12-year-old shooting it. And so, um, but the blessing in disguise is I was able to work with the 12-year-old before I started working with those high-level players. Yeah. And finding out and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And that 12-year-old is going to be more gracious, give me more time <laughs> yeah. to be able to, to to do some trial and error. And they didn't even know I was doing trial and error. And yeah. so those types of habits continued to build day after day. And uh, it allowed me to get better than those habits were being revealed five, six years you know, later. And yeah. so... Um, you know, that's, that's one thing I've, I've learned about myself and just being, um, you know, just being really, um, you know, really, uh, focused on, uh, you know, the, 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 the process and the journey and not the destination. Like I'm doing this. I like people ask me, where, where do you see the skill development taking? You know, people have seen me from when I first started, like, man, you're, you're, you know, you're just, you know, skyrocketed, man. I, I remember when you were only working with little kids, and now you're flying all over the place working with NBA players. And um, uh, the whole the whole time, was, I, I don't know. I tell them, I don't know where I, this is going to take me. I'm just going to keep focusing on the process and not the destination. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that, that helps me. And then the final thing is whenever it goes bad, I used to think it's over. You know, uh, this is over. I'm not. I got to go find something else. This isn't going to work. This isn't. This, you know. You know. Cause I had this mindset that I took this big step of faith in 2012, and after taking this big step of faith, I was supposed to. Um, it was supposed to get easy, and uh, that's not the case. And when you're focused on the process, and you have some lows, and things don't go your way, you're still able to move forward. And now I've learned that you know this isn't the end. I got to get through this. You know, I got to continue to to do what I know is right, and then uh, uh, get through it. And usually, it leads me to where I need to go. You know, and I haven't I haven't been led wrong with that thought process. So just uh, being more focused on the process rather than destination. That's one thing I've really grown on because when I first started getting into coaching, it was on the destination, destination, destination. Yeah. I was willing to do whatever it took, but my eyes were on the destination. Yeah. Now my eyes are on the process. And that's maturity, man. That's maturity at the end yeah. of the day. That's maturity. Yeah. And that's uh, here again, the long game, man. You, yeah. you got to yeah. play the long yeah. game. You got to play the long game. Yeah. So coach, my last question. And I hear again, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, what do you want your legacy to be when your career is over? What do you want people to, to say about you? Uh, you know, I, uh, hopefully they say I was a you know, great father, great husband. Um, you know, my, my wife and kids, I want them to be able to, uh, you know, say, man, you know, my dad wasn't perfect, but my, my dad did his best and I felt loved. I felt cared for I felt provided for um, you know, so in regards to that, as a fam, a family man, I, I, that's the biggest uh, legacy I want to live with them or leave with them. Yeah. Um, in regards to players, um, you know, I just want I want them to to know that hey, um, you know, this guy cares for me, and um, this guy uh, worked hard for me. He, um, you know, he backed up what he said he was going to do yeah. with by doing it. Um, you know, when times got hard. For me, he didn't bail on me. He didn't. He didn't leave me. And so, uh, just 
for them to understand, you know, players that, that I, I cared and I, I truly, I truly uh, love them because um, I, I still, I still am in contact with players that uh, I uh, that I coached my very first year of coaching. I was the worst coach probably I, I could have ever been, you know, and I was totally young, yeah. didn't know who I was. Um, and, um, but even though through my flaws, um, I still talk to numerous of those players to this day. And, you know, they told me, they said, man, like you, you always cared about us. Like you always stayed after practice trying to help us get better. You cared. And, um, even when I look back, I'm like, I tell them, I, I wish I knew half of what I know now. I would have been yeah. so much better for you. And I'm sorry I got you when I was 24 and not 34 or not 39, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but, as I am able to look back at my first years of coaching, still have players tell me that, you know, hey, you, you cared about me. I still have relationships with players from that, that era. Is, uh, is so valuable to me, you know. Yeah, Coach. Man, I thank you for your time. I really do. Yeah. I appreciate your story and your journey and the kind of the hustle and the grind. Uh, I know so many people out there can relate to it. And, uh, and I think it'll definitely be a blessing to people and kind of uh, – uh, a guide too on how to kind of respond and not react and, yep. how to, and how to persevere, man. So here again, coach, I really yeah. appreciate it. I'd like to share uh, one more story about maybe just give some hope. I, uh, yeah. uh, uh maybe, a, a, like a, maybe a bad way to a big break. I, uh, was working with some Butler players um, that Butler University based in Indianapolis. And um, to talk, I should share this uh, about the process. There was a player on the team that uh, uh, was a center. He was a good player, really, really strong player. Um, you know, wasn't really showing up on any draft boards as, uh, as going to be a shoe into the NBA. And uh, we just kept working. And uh, we kept working, kept developing him. And he, uh, he, uh, uh, you know, was getting better and, uh, but he still wasn't, you know, like an NBA guy or I would look at him as like, this is a guy that's going to make the NBA. Yeah. So I really developed a great relationship with him and I continued to just to help him. And he sometimes hit me with the late night text and always go out there and work out. And, yeah. um, and, uh, but I just kept helping him. And, um, one summer, uh, my, my first NBA client is, uh, is Glenn Robinson, the thirties. Yeah. Uh, the starting small forward for uh, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. And so he signed with the Indiana Pacers. And um, I uh, knew he was from Indiana, but I wasn't really sure where and all. And uh, so I <laughs> get to the gym, and, and uh, the Butler player's name is Tyler Wiseman, uh, said, hey, you see Glenn Robinson III uh, signed with the Pacers. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I was like, I, I know he's from Indiana. Where's he from? He's like, oh, he's from where I'm from. I, I was high school teammates with him. What? And I was like, wow. oh, what? I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, no, man. Uh, I'm going to bring him in for a workout. I, I want him to get with you. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is something, this is something I've, I've been wanting, yeah. but I just haven't had that opportunity. Yeah. So uh, that was like right when he first signed. Well, a month goes by, a month and a half goes by, and I don't I don't know where he's, uh, you know, I, you know I, didn't, I didn't want to bring it up, seeing that I'm trying to use, Tyler now to get to Glenn, so um, I'm working out with Tyler and, or scheduled workout with him, and uh, I'm on my way, and I get a text, oh, Joey, I forgot to tell you, Glenn's going to come do the workout, and I was like, great, nice. but man, this is no time to prepare, right? I, <laughs> I got I got a 6'9 I got center and a 6'6 six, six wing, 
And, um, you know, they're not, they're not going to be working on the same thing. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to try and do anything fancy. I'm just going to, uh, be, be, uh, uh, simple and, 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 you know, just keep it fundamental. And, and I don't need to impress, you know, hopefully I'll just be able to show that. And I didn't want Tyler to think that I was all focused on Glenn either. So yeah. it was like a battle and I, uh, yeah. Do the workout, and uh, Glenn asked me, he said, hey, uh, so do you have a gym around here? I was like, well, actually, I work in this little middle school gym. Uh, it's probably not a place you'd want to go to get a workout in. I was like, why? He said, well, I'd I like to do another one with you, maybe just me and you. And I said, oh, for sure. Uh, I said, well, we'll go down to the facility. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And then um, and then at the end of the workout, he said, well, how much I owe you for today? And I said, uh, you don't owe me anything. Um I really want to work with you and I really want to work with the NBA player and I want to earn your trust and I want to provide value before wow. I get paid. Wow. And he, he looked at me kind of strange. He was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. I said, you pay me when you feel that I provided enough value for you. Wow. And he was like, all right, all right, all right, that's fine. So I kept working with him. Um, and it was, it was probably about three weeks before the start of training camp that we started working. So we, we probably went, you know, in those three weeks about, you know, seven, eight, nine times. We started working, uh, kept working a little bit throughout the year and then kind of fell out the rotation. I think that was a little discouraging. I, you know, I didn't really, you know, hear from him. And so I, uh, uh, wasn't sure where I stood, um, but I always just would check in. I said, Hey, ho hope you're doing well. Um, if you ever need anything, don't let me, you know, don't hesitate to ask. You know, and he was responding, thanks, appreciate it. You know, and so uh, the season ended, and I get a text from him saying, Hey, I'm, I'm running my first annual basketball camp. Would you come up and uh, work it? And I said, For sure, I would. I would love to help you. Um, whatever you need me to do, I'll do. I don't, I'll, I'll fill up water bottles. I don't care. So I go up there and uh, work, work the camp. He's from Northwest Indiana, right outside of uh, Chicago, uh -huh. and uh, work his camp. And it's a two-day camp. And so uh, the next, uh, at the end of the camp, we said, "Hey, uh, Joey, uh, would you mind getting up early and uh, working me out uh, before camp?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I, I can come back and uh, work you out. I'm just gonna stay with my sister in Chicago." So I go work him out in the morning. And after that, he said. Uh, Hey Joey, I um, uh, got something for you after camp. Make sure you stay. And so uh, I thought he was just going to give me something for working the camp, maybe a polo or something, a good camp yeah. T-shirt. And he said, uh, you know, I said I started seeing coaches leaving and they weren't getting anything. So I just said, Hey, Glenn, I'm going to get uh, going back. He said, No, no, no. I got something for you, but I want you to be like the last person in the gym. So I was like, Okay. So um, <clears throat> I'm talking to the mother, <clears throat> and I. Excuse me. I was talking to his mother, and uh, his mom said, "Are you uh, you you ready to start helping him get ready for summer league?" I was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, but I didn't know if I was going to continue to work with them because we probably didn't work the last two two and a half months of the season. So um, I said, "Yeah, yeah, whatever he needs, I, I'm ready to go." She's like, "Yeah, he needs you," and I said, "Okay, uh, I'll be there for him." And so. He uh, walked up to me and he pulled out a checkbook and uh, he said, "I say, hey, Glenn, you don't have to pay me for this camp. You, 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 uh, you know, you were uh, you volunteered your time. I just wanted to be here to support you and and uh, you know help any players I could help." He said, "Oh no, 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 no. This isn't for the camp. Uh, remember when you told me that uh, uh, to pay you when uh, you provide value? He wow. said you provided so much value for me." on and off the court and uh, I need to pay you for that.
Wow. And I, uh, my wife, <clears throat> my wife is asking uh, if we she got financially, we could uh, go to Atlanta. She's from there. And she just wanted to visit her mother. And I said, I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna if we can afford it this summer. You know, if we can, I'll do it. And uh, he wrote the biggest check for me that I've ever gotten at that time from a client. Wow. And uh, that's huge. Uh, I just. I, I literally started to tear up and, uh, you know, I gave him a, a big hug and I said, man, I can't thank you. I can't thank you enough. And I was able to call my wife. I said, you're going to go to Atlanta and you're going to be able to have some fun in Atlanta, you know? And, yeah. uh, and it just, uh, it's, a uh, it was, that's just, I forgot to share that story. Yeah, no, it's a great story. The process man. that I was, I was just, I was helping a player that really wasn't going to provide me much benefit. Um, especially after college. And I was working with him, and I gave him my all, and it led to me uh, working with my first NBA client, and who I wow. still work with to, to this day. And so, uh, you know, that that's a you know that that would be the example of staying focused on the process yeah. and not focused on the destination. You know, and he told me he said, you know. Uh, I, 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 I will never forget what you did because I've worked out with guys once or twice and it's just a quick money grab for them and yeah. for you to uh, show that you cared about me and you wanted to provide value. I never experienced that before. And so he said that, that, you know, that, that meant a lot to me. And I think now we have more of a, just a trainer, you know, player relationship. You know, I would say it's like a younger brother to me or, you know, I'm like a, you know, he's told me I'm like a father figure. And because of that, moment there that very first moment it allowed uh us to have the relationship that we have um to this day you know and so that's, that's part of the game process so sorry that was a little, maybe a little no, long, no, but no, no, no. trying to give no. trying to give um, people hope that man you might you might be grinding you might be hustling and um you might see that there's not much value but you don't know when that value is going to come and you gotta let uh time work its magic yeah right, man yeah no coach thank you so much that was yeah. uh no, you know, we talk about adding value. I think every guest has added value in that story and that experience will definitely add value to, to some listeners out there that may be experiencing that and that may be wanting to get into that space and feel like, how do I nav- navigate through those things? But here again, man, I appreciate your time. I really do, brother. Always. I, I appreciate Always. it so much, man. Always look forward to it, and I appreciate you. Last time I was here, uh, uh, helping me uh, with the gym. Yeah, uh, no, uh, man, not a problem. Uh, I might, need to, I might need to do it again one day, all right? <laughs> Just give me a call, brother. Thank you. All right, we'll talk. Yes, Bye. Bye-bye.